stone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm, what heights of love, what depths of Hi, this is Puritan's Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 39 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Take but this one further consideration. And if you will but work it on your hearts, I hope you may find a great deal of power in it. You find afflictions and your hearts are troubled and murmur. Consider how God's mercies aggravate this sin. In the midst of our sins, we reckon that God should accept our services. Do but consider thus. If in the midst of our many sins, We hope that God will accept our poor services. Why then should we not, in the midst of our afflictions, bless God for his many mercies? Shall God be thus gracious to us that, notwithstanding our many sins, yet he will not cast away our poor duties and services that we perform? Then why should not we, in the midst of our sufferings, accept what mercies we have and not slight them and disregard them? If you, in the midst of God's mercies, are not willing to bear the afflictions that God lays upon you, then it is just with God that, in the midst of your sins, he should not regard any of your duties. Now is there not as much power in your manifold sins to cause God to reject your duties and services as there is power in afflictions in the midst of many mercies to take off your heart from being affected with God's mercies? And that is the first aggravation of the sin of murmuring, to murmur in the midst of mercies. Roman numeral two, a second aggravation of the sin of murmuring is when we murmur for small things. Naaman's servant said to him, Father, for so he called him, if the prophet had required you to do some great thing, would not you have done it? How much more this little thing? So I say. If the Lord had required you to suffer some great thing, would not you have been willing to suffer? How much more this little thing? I remember reading in Seneca, a heathen, that he has this comparison, which is a very fine one, to set out the great evil of murmuring over smaller afflictions. He says, Suppose a man has a very fine house to dwell in, and he has beautiful orchards and gardens set about with handsome, tall trees for ornament. If this man should now murmur because the wind blows a few leaves off his trees, what a most unreasonable thing it would be for him to be weeping and wringing his hands over the loss of a few leaves when he has plenty of all kinds of fruit 
Thus it is with many, says Seneca, though they have a great many comforts about them, yet some little thing, the blowing off of a few leaves from them, is enough to disquiet them. It was a great evil that when Ahab had a kingdom, the lack of his neighbor's vineyard had such power to disquiet him. So, for us to murmur, not because we have not got such a thing as we have need of, but because we have not got what possibly we might have. This is a very great sin. Suppose God gives a woman a child who has all his limbs and parts complete, a child who is very comely, with excellent gifts, wit, and memory. But maybe there is a wart growing on the finger of the child, and she murmurs at it and says, Oh, what an affliction this is to her. She's so taken up with it that she forgets to give any thanks to God for her child, and all that goodness of God to her in the child is swallowed up in that. Would you not say that this was folly and a very great evil in a woman to do so? Truly, our afflictions, if we weighed them aright, are but such things in comparison of our mercies. Rebecca had a mighty desire to have children, but because she found some trouble in her body when she was with child, said, Why am I thus? As if she should say, I had rather have none only because she found a little pain and trouble in her body. To be discontented when the affliction is small and little, that increases very much the sin of murmuring. It is too much for anyone to murmur over the heaviest cross that can befall one in this world, but to be discontented and murmur over some small things, that is worse. I have read of someone who, when he lay upon a heap of damask roses, complained that one of the Rose leaves lay double under him. So we are ready thus for very small things to make complaints and to be discontented with our condition, and that is a second aggravation. Roman numeral three. For men of gifts and abilities to whom God has given wisdom, to be discontented and murmur is more than if others do it. Murmuring and discontentedness is too much in the weakest. Yet we can bear with it sometimes in children and women who are weak. But for those who are men, men of understanding, who have wisdom, whom God employs in public service, that they should be discontented with everything is an exceedingly great evil. For men, to whom God has given gifts and wisdom, When things fall out amiss in their families, to be always murmuring and repining is a greater sin than for women or children to do it. Roman numeral four. The consideration of the freeness of all God's mercies to us. Whatever we have is free of cost. What though we have not got all we would have, seeing what we have is free? If what we have were earned, then it would be something. But when we consider that all is from God, 
for us to murmur at his dispensations is very evil. Suppose a man were entertained in a friend's family and did not pay for his board, but had it given him for nothing. You would not expect him to be ready to find fault with everything in the house, with servants, or with the meat at table, or the like. If such a one who has plentiful provision and all given him gratis and pays nothing for his board should be discontented when a cup is not filled for him as he would have it or when he has to wait a minute longer for a thing that he would, we would reckon this a great evil. So it is with us. We are at God's table every day and it is free, whatever we have. It is accounted very unmannerly for a man at his friend's table to find fault with things, though at home he may be outspoken. Now when we are at the table of God, for all God's administrations to us are his table, and are free from lusts, for us to be finding fault and to be discontented is a great aggravation of our sin. Roman numeral 5. For men and women to murmur and be discontented and impatient when they have the things for the want of which they were discontented before. So it is sometimes with children. They will cry for a thing, and when you give it them, then throw it away. They are as much discontented as they were before. So it was with the people of Israel. Nothing would quiet them, but they must have a king. Samuel would have persuaded them to the contrary and told them what kind of king they would have, and when they had a king, what shall a king do to us? Hosea 10.3. They were not contented when they had one. So Rachel must have children or else she died, and when she had a little trouble, she was discontented too. So that, as we say, we are not well, either full or fasting. Roman numeral six. For those men and women to be discontented and murmur whom God has raised from mean and low estates and positions. This is a very great aggravation. If you are discontented now, there was a time when you were low enough, and perhaps you were so low that you said, Oh, if God would deliver me from such an affliction or give me but a little more wealth, I should think myself in a good condition. But if God by his providence does raise you, you are still as greedy of more as you were before and as much discontented as you were before. It is an evil thing for people who had mean breeding and poor beginnings, to be so fastidious that nothing can please them. Whereas there was a time not long since when they were low and mean enough. But it is very common for those who are raised from a low and mean condition to be more nice and dainty and more proud when they are raised than others who are of better breeding. It is too much for a child to be discontented in his father's house. But if you have taken a poor beggar boy who lay begging at your door into your house 
and set him at your own table. Could you bear that he should complain that some dish is not well dressed or the like? You could not bear it if your children should do it, but you could bear it a great deal better from them than to hear such a one do it. But you are a poor beggar, and God has, as it were, taken you into his great family. And if the Lord has been pleased to raise you higher, so that now you have a competence that you may live as a man, to be of use and service in the place where God has set you, now will you be discontented because you have not everything that you desire? We know that when the prodigal came to himself, he said, In my father's house is bread enough. He did not say, There is good cheer enough and a great deal of dainties. No, he thought of nothing but bread. There is bread enough. So it is common for men and women, when they are in a low condition, to think that if they may have bread and any competence, they will be contented and bless God. But when they have their bread and things convenient, then they must have more, or else they are not contented. Know that this is an exceedingly great aggravation to your discontent when you are raised from a very low condition and yet you cannot be contented with what you have. This concludes episode 39 of Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. <laughs>